This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, LS Pod fans, it's JR here. Burt's Babes, Hoddle's Heroes, even Decanio's Dozens. We've had some iconic lineups in our history at Swindon, just like the legendary menu at McDonald's. Parkin' or Austin, sweet curry or barbecue? Why not get a McNugget share box to enjoy the debates with your mates? And thanks to book delivery, every drop-off can be a home win. Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points too. No one wants to drop points at home, and with tasty rewards to earn, you won't be missing out. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com Rogers is streaking ahead and he's onside. Beautiful play! That is that! What a good shot! Oh, a goal! My Far post for Shearer. Goal! McLaughlin has it. Oh, deflection! And a goal! Comes to Mitchell! It's another goal! Incredible! Hobble! Hello, James. Hello, it's good to be back. Been a, been a while. I don't know why I shouted that. It's been it's been a long while, but it's good to have you back to talk about another Swindon Town victory. Hooray! Yeah, and what a it's almost like watching but well, Barcelona evolved not at the moment, but what what performance. What an absolute brilliant performance that was yesterday. Ooh, yes, please. Okay, well, I didn't watch it because I I'm no good with planning my life. We had a great day celebrating my son's uh, birthday. Well, it was his birthday a few days ago, but we had his party on Saturday morning before that game was rearranged. So, you know, that's life. Congratulations to Jojo Wallacott, who earned his first cap for Ghana this weekend. Well, ex-town loan player and friend of the pod, Timmy Max Alsnick, got his first cap. For Slovenia too. Elsewhere, Johnny Williams wasn't required for Wales's 2-2 draw against Czech Republic. And Alex Gilbert got a few minutes for Republic of Ireland under-21s. Kane, Kessler, Hayden, I'm not even sure he was on the bench for England under-20s. And at the time of the recording, Anthony Grant has yet to play for Jamaica in their games against Canada and Honduras. The novelty is still there for me, i got to be honest, James, where we're talking about internationals and even better so, senior ones, not like under-18s. What an achievement that is for Jojo to play for Ghana. Ghana, you know, they're, they're a pretty good 
international side, you know, and, it, and to to play and they won three one and only a good penalty denied him a clean sheet. A good weekend for them. Yeah, the Jojo Wallacott one is. I mean, it was completely out of the blue, really. But you look at the first, well, the eleven they put out yesterday were like Andre Ayew, many Ayew brothers, and uh, like Barbara Rahman, who's supposed to be quite good, and Mohamed Kudus, who's at um, Ajax, and like that's no like second string kind of putting out a team. That that's a proper. So for him getting into that is is amazing, and what a you know. Yeah, it's been for Jojo Wallach kind of being on the fringe, not even really on the fringes of Bristol City, coming into Swindon, playing a game, getting injured, and then coming in in the summer, not knowing whether he's going to get a contract or getting paid or, or whatever, and then becoming probably one of the best goalkeepers outside of the Championship or Premier League, or even one of the best goalkeepers in the EFL now, <laughs> being a fully-fledged international. So, couldn't, couldn't be happier for him. It's, seems like a nice guy, and yeah, what what a player he is. Yeah, it certainly seems one of the quieter members of the Swindon Town squad. But what I absolutely love when people like uh, Johnny plays for Wales and Jojo plays for Ghana is just reading through the comments on social media by fans of those nations who don't support Swindon and they just they just see a player playing in the fourth tier and they're having none of it. They do not want this player playing for their international side. And then they play... And they do all right. I know Johnny Williams has a few uh, a few negative comments from Wales fans, but um, I, I like to think Jojo put many a Ghana fan in their place this weekend. Yeah, I mean, I didn't see, see the Ghana game, but um, yeah, I mean, was it was it two one the, the result in the end? What what? Ah, oh, well, get brilliant! Like, yeah, amazing, amazing. What was amazing is I, I just invited you to talk about Wales and you didn't do it. Well, I think the, the problem I have with that is Johnny Johnny didn't play. So <laughs> I think put, taking my Swindon hat on and putting my, my Wales hat on with Johnny Williams, and this is a very important distinction, um, I think the problem Wales fans have with the likes of Johnny Williams and I think Chris Gunter is in this as well. They're they're loved. They're absolutely loved by the fans, but they're kind of only really there in the squad now because of for the, helping out the they're like vibe coordinators rather than footballers. They're just there because they're good mates with Balo and Rambo. So I I don't think there are other players who could probably play for Wales instead of Johnny Williams. I would say. Okay, but I will warn you again that Rambo on this pod is Chris Ramsey, not Aaron Ramsey. So just just remember that for future use. Do you reckon I could be a vibe coordinator in any any place? Is that is that a paid job? Because I feel like I could really really thrive in that industry. Yeah, well, there's not one at the moment because obviously that is the. I'm sure we'll mention him a lot today. The Harry McCurdy, what an absolute. Vibe master. Vibe magnet. Just <laughs> just lots of vibes. Just, just lots of vibes. Let's go to the Forest Green Rovers game. And it, it really did, like, when you when you watch it, you, you do get the sense of, like, end of season, midday fixture on sky, sun shining. It looked glorious. I was, having stood in the rain at the memorial ground a week before to see the sunshine um, in the away terrace. Uh, Forest Green Rovers was was something I was quite jealous of, but I'm glad most got in. Several fans did not get into this 
ground. It looked packed on that long side terrace, which is quite narrow, and quite a few fans didn't get in um, for whatever reason. And some fans got in, saw that the view was rubbish, and just went home or went to the pub. I mean, a lot of football fans away from Forest Green Rovers were scratching their heads when they found out that Del Vince wants to build another new stadium, given that the new lawn is quite new. But, I mean, if they've got any aspirations to move up the leagues, that's going to be, you know, something they need to sort out ASAP, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's what I was thinking prior to watching the game. I did Before I even found out about the kind of about the issues that we were having with getting fans into the ground, is that it felt kind of almost like a early kind of November cold, uh, looks glorious but cold, like FA Cup <laughs> third round tie, mm-hmm. because yeah. of just the way that ground looks and just that whole club in general, really, um, which is not meant to be. But So I do have a um, small amount of respect for what FGR are doing. So, But um, yeah, it's, it's ridiculous having people on the bank and... Lucky it's not it happened to us rather than bloody Carlisle because it's not a long way for us to go home. So then it would be for you know, but it's awful to be honest with you. And I hope that the FA or EFL or whoever you know involved have a look at that and deal out the relevant sanctions because that could end really badly. You know, so only if it was like a genuine derby day um, where there could be trouble, like overselling tickets. At, could have been carnage, but luckily, because despite what Sky were trying, the the agenda that Sky were trying to push, Forest Green Rovers and Swindon Town is not Derby. <laughs> no, and it's not the first time they've tried to force that agenda either, because we've been on Sky for this game um, previously. I, I don't really want to give it more time because it's simply not a, a Derby. It's geographically close, but you know, so is Westbury United, but yeah. <laughs> it's not. It's not. It's not a big deal. So is, so is sort of Gloucester City, Sirencester. You know, they're all nearby, but we there's no rivalry there. It's just geographical. Oh, that's. I think that's that's a uh, Go Jetters reference there for me. Um, you can tell <laughs> that I am a dad. Swindon Town lineup did change, as we all know, because of the international. We spent several episodes flapping wildly. Although I will say, in my defence during the presser that although I'm not happy with the circumstance of us having to press on, um, I didn't think that, you know, I wasn't too afraid of Forest Green Rovers. I did say we could definitely give them a good game, get a positive result. I'm pretty sure I did. Anyway, um, Lewis Ward came in for Jojo Wallacott. At the back was Romney Critchlow, Dion Conroy and Akin Odomeo. The wingbacks were Ellis Iandolo and Rob Hunt coming in for Kane kessler Hayden, defensive midfield role for Louis Reed, obviously. Payne and Gladwin just in front of them. Then just behind Tyree Simpson was one Harry McCurdy. So in terms of the lineup itself, that pretty much, you know, given the absences that we had, pretty much selected itself, really. I don't, I don't think there's any any disagreements with that 11. Yeah, no, it was really strong, really, when you think about it. It's only kind of... Yeah, like apart from Wallacott, I mean, that could easily have been the starting eleven anyway, really. Um, so yeah, it was it was great to be honest with you. Like, I was really surprised because like Garner's gone on, on about quite a lot this season about wanting to have a very very small squad, uh, not very small squad, but a you know 
not too many kind of there's not too much fat fat on it kind of thing um but yeah it's fantastic and i think it shows how well him and chorley have kind of put the squad together that means that every single player who's available could fill a role rather than there's not kind of these kind of bit part players who are just there just kind of fill a shirt fill a number put them in when we have a couple of injuries every player could play their role which I thought was fantastic to watch and very great to see and a very 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 good performance yeah when, when I was talking to Nathan on the podcast a couple of episodes ago the Forest Green Rovers fan based in New York City I said something and it was not factually correct where I said, you know, we tend to start well. And that was kind of me sort of flitting back to the Richie Wellens era where we used to go out the traps um, really, really quick. But that's not really been the case at all this year. And I remember listening back in the edit going, what on earth am I talking about? Um, And it was another half where there was not much happening in terms of goals, but there was plenty of action. Yeah, it was a very kind of first half we've had this season in terms of like we played some pretty stunning stuff but it was definitely we were kind of playing chess or something trying to find out where their weaknesses are where we can kind of hit them basically which is which I mean again it's going but we'll find out in the second half but there was obviously there was a few choice moments where um, Lewis Ward who had a fantastic game but he did Spilled the ball, I think, after like the tenth minute or something. That, and then they put it in, and that probably could and should have been given. Really, it was, I was, it was a pretty harsh foul on, on the FGR our player. But Tyree Simpson's goal, though, like, uh, he's so hindered by the fact that he is massive. So like, him bundling out well bundling over in the in the term that Forest Green player is like that player was like half the size of him. If a big lad <laughs> pushes over a smaller person, they're gonna go miles and it's gonna look like an absolute collapse. So I think like that's Tyrese's issue. But I think it was it was it was a great goal and he, he just uses size and Scored and uh, I don't know. It's one of those, but again, it's probably one of those ones that cancels out the the earlier FGR goal. So, but apart from that as well, Louis Reed was un- unreal, and he is one of the best players we've had in a long, like certainly as a midfielder anyway, in a long time. He is so good on both sides of the game in terms of he's. Very, very much got better in certainly in the defensive role recently. But his trans, him, his transition from defensive attack is just he is pure quality. And he, yeah, what what a player. Um, but yeah, a good a good first half overall. He's our best player this season, I would say. In terms of, you know, if 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 we were all asked to vote for our player of the season now, I th- I think he would get it. Oh yeah, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. He is. I'm surprised he's not playing championship football. Jane, honestly, like he is. Because I think the thing in the past of our midfield, and uh, this may have a lot of some fans may not be happy with me for saying this, but I think him being in the team completely negates any role that Anthony Grant has this window. I think 
Anthony Grant's days at town are numbered now because of Louis Reed. That's a dig. It's funny, isn't it? Because when Anthony Grant first signed for the club, you know, I think it was Connor that famously proclaimed, we don't need him. And then he went on to have like a, a really good, great season, a player of the season season. I guess like in this case, when, when Lou, Louis signed for Swindon, it was a great moment because it was like, well, what's, what's he doing down here? But there was also like, well, we've got this player, this player, and this player. So do we need Louis? The, the answer is yes, we absolutely do. Yeah, 100% because you can then add another attacking player because if you have a Anthony Grant, you need then the the opposite. You need then the attacking midfielder because if you just have Anthony Grant in the midfield, it's just not the team's not going to work because he just can't do. Like he's very good. Again, I do think Anthony Grant is a good professional footballer. But again, he's thirty four, so he's not the quickest. I don't think he's very good on the attack. Um, but then when you got Lou Reed, you you could do both of those roles. You just he's just obsolete, to be to be brutally honest. And I, it's not nothing against like it, it's not his way, and I think he just doesn't fit within what Garner wants to do. He wants to be very free free flowing, and I think the whole point of Grant's role is to stop the flow. Like like that's that's his as a kind of defensive kind of he, he mashes up the play, and that just isn't what Garner wants to do. So I think. It'd be very interesting to see what happens with Anthony Grant in the next few months, whether we see him go to Passes New in January or, or whatever. Yeah, well, maybe a conversation for another day, but I, I hope it's not the end. But with with squad rotation, injury, suspensions coming up, he might, he, he should be good and ready to go. But yeah, I mean, in terms of the players that came in, I mean, we're going to talk about Lewis Ward a lot in this episode, so we'll we'll shelve Lewis for the time being. But in the squad came in Rob Hunt. And Rob Hunt is this player who's been at the club now. This is his third season. Brilliant in season one. Struggled for various reasons in season two. And now he finds himself, like he started in the first eleven. Then he's found himself on the bench and out of action. And now he came back. So, you know, I'm a huge fan of Rob Hunt. That's never gone away. You know, it's a, it's a hill I'm willing to die on. But I do get this feeling that he needed a good game. And I think he got that. Oh, it was, it was great. It was like very much the Rob Hunt that we saw in the first season rather than the kind of terrified, shell-shocked Rob Hunt. Which, again, I don't fully think it was his fault in the, in the second season due to... I think we all were. <laughs> yeah, a certain man who we shall not mention. Um, yeah, I thought he was fantastic. I think him and Iander though were kind of both very good at because I think because of their roles, they both have to kind of watch what the others doing, and it seems like they were very good at doing that yesterday. Because I think certainly in other games, certainly the Sevens game is the only game I've been to this season. They're definitely the the way the team played did end up looking a bit lopsided, which again was the last international break as well. We did end up looking very lopsided at times, whereas like you'd have Andalo completely up there, and it just it just didn't uh, the machinations didn't really work. But Rob and I thought was fantastic, and I thought both him and Andalo were were brilliant. It's great to see Rob and back playing well because you know he had injuries last season and you know issues which are understandable because they're in the, the management style that we had last season. Um, 
but yeah, it's it's great to see him back because he's one of those players who's who was probably one of our best players, if not our best player in in the in the promotion seat, well, championship seat, uh, the championship champions winning uh, the league two winning season. So, <laughs> in terms of the other person coming in, and we can move into the second half now. We really were treated to a fantastic half an hour from Harry McCurdy. Um, against Bristol Rovers and I suppose that there's always a little bit of pressure for us to, for fans to see that um, again straight away and this was a big chance again for Harry McCurdy you know he took it by I mean he scored early in the in the in the second half was he was he a threat, threat throughout or um, did he just do what Swindon have been doing recently that really have just stepped it up in the in the opening stages of the second I think it was it was definitely a it was more of a gradual um building up of pressure. It's like I was kept coming back to it. <laughs> it's gonna be the worst analogy. Um but it's almost like Garner is playing like Buckaroo on the sideline, like trying to put these like little tactical elements in over the time and just trying to get it to work and trying to work out what the other team is doing. And sometimes that will Buck, but sometimes it worked brilliantly well, and I think it worked fantastically well on on yesterday. Because that I don't know if you've seen it, but that goal, the first goal, was out of the, like out of this world. Like that's not a League Two goal. That's a you know that's a that's a Premier League goal. Like that's defense midfield. Like that is complete and utter. Oh, it's beautiful, beautiful. Dion Conroy for Swindon, strides away here the captain for the Robins, into Gladwin's possession, and he will push on and motor on here for Swindon Town, in by Gladwin, oh lovely take, and Harry McCurdy scores the opening goal with a delicious finish. I think in terms of, certainly lead to it, there it can be a sense of overplaying, and I think certainly with, and that's certainly something that's been levelled at, at Ben Garner as we've been overpassing but I think it is that kind of chess isn't it it's that kind of getting the team to believe you're going to do one thing and then you do the and it's brilliant Conroy coming out from defence putting a pretty beautiful ball pretty well not beautiful but a very kind of good quick pass through to Gladwin who then just showed everyone what he's about in terms of like Push, push forward, and then to put this absolutely sublime ball into um, McCurdy. And I think what what I meant about the whole um, Premier League kind of comment is that kind of cutting edge. It's that kind of being able to do the game simple and to be able to just do one, two, three goal. You know, I think yeah, yeah. I mean, it's 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 a wonderful goal, and it's also just brilliant in the in so much as that was the first goal that Forest Green Rovers had conceded in the league since August twenty eighth. You know, I think that's five or six six clean sheets, maybe, which is you know quite an achievement in their own right. So one nil Swindon. Was there this sense then of because there's quite a you know there's quite a chunk of time between. McCurdy scoring and then Simpson finishing the game off. But what what was Forest Green's reaction to going behind? 
they did definitely they reacted, obviously, but I think it was just the same as we were comfortable. I don't think as much as they had chances, they did have a few chances, and they probably could and should have had a goal. But I I never felt that we were under the cosh or they had a hold on the game at all. I, if anything, I remember keeping thinking during the game, how are they top of the league with you know so many points ahead? Because I just didn't really see what they were tactically or what they wanted to do but maybe that was the genius of what Garner was doing um, as in he was completely negated everything that they wanted to do so yeah it was I can't, I still can't tell I think I think it was just the fact we had a very 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 good day and we just our game plan was just perfect but I just don't I don't know if I'd be interested to know whether Forest Green had a, had a bad day. Like I couldn't really tell. I don't think it was similar to what happened against Port Vale, where they just had a really crazy opening 10-15 minutes and they lost the game in that time. Um, I think just Swindon just were better than them. Just man for man were be- are better than Forest Green Rovers. It might be just the, the way the fixtures landed. It may be just that Swindon are beginning to kick on and Forest Green are the early pace setters. They might be there all season long and they might win the league comfortably who knows the Forest Green Rovers fans will say on another day we could have scored three or four but Lewis Ward kept them at bay and we'll talk about Lewis Ward because he did have a magnificent game without wanting to do Lewis versus Jojo just yet he really did come in and 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 prove his worth oh he was he was brilliant I thought um yeah I think certainly considering his what we've seen of him before not even as a Swindon player, but obviously, I think it was that exit game where he had a bit of a stinker against us. So I think coming into the game, I was a bit unease because we hadn't really seen that much of him, really. Um, obviously, apart from the some of the Papa John's and whatever the other trophies called, uh, Carabao Cup trophy um, games. So it was a bit of an unease. Obviously, Jojo's been so good and so instrumental in everything we've done this season. So it was a bit of that, but. Yeah, he was absolutely superb. Um, to yeah, yesterday he was great. Um, made some very good saves and yeah, that's all I can say really. Till the, I'm sure we'll mention the penalty penalty save later. But yeah, it was he had a very 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 good game yesterday. Can we uh, potentially say there were a few showboaty saves? Yes, I would. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I did mention it in the group chat, so I can't. Avoid this one because it's something that, <laughs> something that I mentioned. Um, but yeah, yeah, I think I don't mind it as long as it kind of doesn't lead to a goal. It's fine for me. I, I think I think when we get to the man of the match, there might be a difference between uh, listeners and the podcast itself, which happens every now and again. But um, a really um, these gate. These players have to keep themselves 100% available and ready at any moment. And Lewis Ward has been sat on the bench all season so far, bar one game, probably wondering when his next opportunity will come. I, I'm more than sure that Lewis Ward was just as happy as Jojo um, to go out on international duty, So um, just so he could show us what he's all about in a game that really does matter to Swindon, not because it's Forest Green, because it's a league game. Um, Cambridge away in the Cup, where we we've kind of given up on our expectations in the cup these days um it doesn't have the same sort of hit as three delicious points um away from home and he did magnificently well and i'm not going to take that away from him swindon finished the game off 
um, with a little under 10 minutes to go, courtesy of a McCurdy run and a Simpson finish. And Reed, McCurdy chasing away in the centre, Simpson waiting. It's McCurdy and clipped in, and there's Simpson. Swindon have two. Happy days. Yeah, yeah. I think there's still uh, disputes over whether it's uh, Tyrese's or or Harry's, but I think considering his work yesterday, I think Tyrese deserves a goal. So let's get let's give it to him. But yeah, it was just it, we definitely needed that goal. I think. That, because as much as I don't think Forest Green had that much in terms of possession and any terms of real attacking threat, they did somehow manage to get some chances, whether that was kind of a slight defensive error or anything. So I think we did need that very much to cut off the game. But again, what yeah, what a move, what a move, what goal. Yeah, until until that goal, I think the only thing the only moment that really made me go, whoa when I was looking back, was the header down that Ward saves. I think that was where he repositions himself well and then he gets down low um, to the corner to deny what looked a certain goal. But can we just acknowledge the desperation of Tyree Simpson to claim that goal? Um, Not during the celebration so much. He kind of walks and lets McCurdy do the celebrating. But at the end of the game, to the referee... No shame at all. <laughs> but it probably, in all seriousness, the psychology of football probably benefits us more that Tyrese gets that goal than Harry. Harry is just confidence in abundance, but you know, there's a lot of pressure on Tyrese Simpson, whether he likes it or not, whether Swindon want that or not. So it was good that he did get that goal. Yeah, I mean, I was kind of... Yeah, he definitely deserves it as well, because I think because of the way Garner sets about... I mean, it's in, in a longer form, but the way that Garner looks at his players, he's, he's not very kind of binary in terms of he sees defenders, midfielders, forwards rather than specific strikers, wingers, defensive. I, I personally think he, he sees it more as a collective. So I think, but I think Tyrese is probably the only one who is the number nine striker, get the kind of get the goals kind of player. So I think. And it's and he's so young and so much on his shoulders, his very very large shoulders, um, albeit. But um, yeah, he he deserves that because his work. He, I mean, he was up there for me, man. Of the match, just the work he does is is unreal and allows the likes of Harry Harry McCurdy and Jack Payne and and that to to play and get those positions because he's so good at kind of, I think almost like dragging the two defenders away because he's so strong and because he's quite quick as well. He's able to, like, he needs two defenders on him, um, which I think is why he doesn't get as many, one of the reasons why he doesn't get as many goals as he, he probably should. And yeah, I thought he was fantastic and definitely deserved a goal yesterday. He surely did. That was 2-0, brilliant. But it wasn't over just yet in injury time. Lewis Ward was deemed to have taken down the Forest Green attacker uh, referee pointed to the spot, but from the spot, March, and of course, of course, Ward saves. I think it's a very, very soft penalty. I don't necessarily think it is, but a little bit of me is frustrated with the fact that Ward allowed. And I know that's you know not in the spirit of the game and so forth, but we all know if if the goalie's coming out like that, 
they're going to ground. I'd expect my guy to do that. To use a cricket kind of analogy, it's very like umpire's call, isn't it? That I think it's one of those where one referee will give it, one won't. So I think he definitely made the ref make a decision, which Mil- uh, Steve Miller might have a word with him saying, don't allow, because it wasn't really much in that really. I think it was probably going out for yeah, exactly. a corner. So did he really need to do that in, in a different situation? But um, yeah, and that, <laughs> yeah. It's very much. There's that. There was that quite funny tweet from a friend of the pod in Herring about saying he gave away penalties just so he could save them. So maybe it was him <laughs> just doing that to get get his name in the light, get his name in lights. Well, he'd already had he'd already had plenty of plaudits in that game. I prefer if he um, doesn't do that. But yeah, sure, it was the 94th minute, so maybe uh, maybe he did a risk assessment in his mind. Josh March stepped up, missed. It wasn't the greatest penalty in the world, but you still got to guess the right way. And Lewis Ward certainly did that. So a clean sheet and um, a tuna win. Hooray. Happy days. Also, just <laughs> just the two kids behind the goal when the penalties missed. One in full kit Leicester City and the other one full kit Manchester Manchester City. Livid. They were not happy. Yeah, I swear I didn't see that. But <laughs> as much as we could have a go in FGR with that, we can't say that we haven't also been suspects. Oh, absolutely like not. So, you know, <laughs> it's kind of pot kettle black, isn't it? wasn't a dig towards how you know Forest Green Rovers fans being full of plastics it was just that they were all kitted out and that's how I identified them but it was they weren't happy yeah 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 well maybe maybe they want um Lewis Ward to replace Edison maybe that's Cashy Anderson five additional minutes Mullen it's Matt Taylor listeners contributions thank you to all of those who sent me something don't think i've got time to do all of them on this occasion brilliant to see so many happy swindon town fans this weekend we'll start with bernie man who says our most complete performance of the season with nearly 25 percent of the squad unavailable pretty impressive away at the league leaders mccurdy has made the difference reed is consistent quality And what a debut from Ward. Would be harsh not to give Ward man of the match on that performance. Jimmy Legg says, Ward, McCurdy, Reed, Gladwin, all worthy of man of the match. But Ward takes it just. Great game, worthy of the result. Everyone worked hard. Can't pick out a stinker, really. Six points against the Roverses (laughs) has been unexpected, but very much welcome. You read Ben Nichols says it's all about Harry McCurdy. Great start to the season. McCurdy involved in most good things. Harry gets injured, the goals dry up. Harry comes back, two games scored or assists all five and perfectly good goal disallowed too. It's McCurdy's world and we all live in it. Josh Phelps says for someone who resides in Neldsworth, get in. McCurdy has become peak Perez overnight and I may start growing my hair in the same way. The Reed, Payne and Gladwin trifecta doesn't belong in League 2. 
Carlitos says, has to be Ward for man of the match. Two of those saves were easily as good as goals at the other end of the field. McCurdy, an obvious close second, but I admired the performances of Reed and Hunt, who didn't necessarily grab any glory, but were so calm in possession and didn't put a foot wrong. Joe says, playing like champions, dare I say. The squad depth is incredible and very important for 46 games. Man of the match, McCurdy, infectious character, but doesn't need quarantine. Kirk Simon says, Ward man of the match. Jojo might have to sit the next game out. McCurdy, excellent and all-round great performance considering we're missing a few starters. Keep the starting 11 the same for Rochdale. Finally, a massive shout out to Ghana for turning us around and playing football the right way. Mr. Jason says, McCurdy or Ward for man of the match. Both played superbly well. The team looks like they've really gelled and gave their all. Great to see Lyda back on the pitch too. It's all starting to come together. Don't want to tempt fate, but we are looking good. Alan Jones goes with a Ward-McCurdy joint man of the match. Will be interesting to see if there are any changes for next week when the players come back from international duty. Considering that Forest Green were top of the league, the atmosphere from the home fans was non-existent. Paul D gives Lewis Ward man of the match, which he says feels harsh on McCurdy and Reed, who were both excellent, but Ward proper stepped up today. Before today, we knew we had the best keeper in the league, and now we know we have the best two keepers in the league. Brilliant, Wardy. He goes on to say, we are getting better week by week as Ghana has more time to instill his methods in his players. To go away to the league leaders with five regulars missing, three of them nailed on starters and beat them like that was outstanding. (laughs) Ben Wheatland says, McCurdy's goal briefly had my wife interested. Lovely stuff. (laughs) Chris Foote says, McCurdy and Ward will rightfully receive plaudits, but I thought Ben Gladwin was outstanding today. He was composed, strong in possession and a brilliant assist. Didn't see him put a foot wrong. Rich Parker says, great performance from back to front. The whole team will get my man of the match today. Difficult to single one out as it was such a complete performance. Joshua Dunn says, the heart and spirit of this team is something to admire. What a game. Simpson should have had two and Ward must be wearing Jojo's gloves as he was incredible. Man of the match though, Louis Reed controlled everything in midfield. Up the town. Pete Marsh says, Ward man of the match. Great team performance to beat Forrest Green's 12. McCurdy is a beast, but Ward gets the plaudits. Now to see a home performance to equal today's. Dalton Barrett says, for man of the match, Ward, all day, every day, twice on a Sunday, Simpson and McCurdy, class as well. (laughs) Luke says, wow, just wow, what a team performance for Sky Sports and a real statement of intent from the lads. Man of the match for me was Wardy, just immense. Carl Lewis says, great result and was lovely to watch. I think Ward gets man of the match for me. Liam says, Ward just pips McCurdy for man of the match. Thought in parts Critchlow and Odomeo were sloppy, but overall a great victory. Hunt, McCurdy and Ward, I believe, need to stay in the team given they have taken their opportunity. David Ager says, never thought I'd see a goalkeeping debut to outshine Peter Brezovan, but there it is. Near perfect performance all over the team, bar the odd defensive laps. Thought we were direct with our Ghana ball today. Selection headache for next week. Who would have thought that back in the summer? 
S. Parker says, Ward man of the match with honourable mentions for McCurdy and Hunt. What a second half. What a game from Ward. So many good saves. X publisher says, man of the match decision is tough. Was McCurdy right up until the penalty save? But I'm going for Ward. Benny says, we witnessed the real league leaders today. Man of the match, I'm going to pull a Gary Neville and give it to McCurdy and Ward, whose contributions were equally important to the win. Ross Vint says, oh, Harry McCurdy. That's all. Craig Clark says, Reed McCurdy and Ward, all worthy man and match winners. Hope we looked as good on TV as we did live up the town. Dima Macken says, superb. It's starting to gather momentum now. And the clear plan is plain to see. Everyone today was brilliant. Really happy for Simpson again. Ward, fantastic. And also Hunt. Jack Tanner says, remind me again which team had five of its side out. Swindon. Update from Ryan Clifford, who you may remember last week, gave away his ticket for the Bristol Rovers game. But this week, happy to say that he didn't bottle it. He went to the game and loved every minute. He just wishes, though, that we can crack the home curse. He gives Ward man of the match. Thank you, Ryan. Harry says, very simply, man of the match, Larry McWardy, in which STFC Insider says, this is the correct answer. Um, Stop the count. Maybe that's the name for the title of this episode. And our friends, the Heaven's Devils podcast says, and to think I was happy about Jojo not playing. Lewis Ward, what a performance. But of course, Heaven's Devils, Lewis Ward played for Forest Green too. Danielle Wilson says, Ward as man of the match with McCurdy, a very close second. Sean says, loving the two up top with McCurdy and Simpson, a very good partnership in the making. Ward could keep Jojo out of the side. He gets man of the match. And finally, Paul Temple says, Lewis Ward, outstanding debut. Wouldn't want this to take it away from the performance. The pressing by the front three was so good. And we held firm at the back, marshalled by Dion. Well-deserved. We can raise expectations from now, in my opinion. So Lewis Ward is man of the match from the listeners' contributions. Ran away with it with all the usual names being um, highlighted there. But who gets the podcast man of the match, James? I've been thinking about this a hell of a lot over the last yeah 24 hours, whatever it's been. My head slash says Louis Reed because there's no way we would have played that. If we didn't have that, that single player, if we didn't have him, we would not have played as well as we did. But I think, I think because of how well he's played the last few weeks and kind of his arc, I think Blaine Gadwin yesterday was absolutely superb. Okay. So uh, maybe not for the right reasons, as he wasn't necessarily the best player on the pitch. But I think because he has been our kind of, some of the fans have kind of made him our kind of Anton Rogers, our kind of scapegoat for the season. I think. He's kind of answered a lot of critics the last couple of weeks and he was unreal yesterday. So it may not all be for the correct reasons, but I, I, I want to, I'm going to give it to Ben. Going to give it to Ben, which goes against the pod because I think the majority of the guys went with McCurdy. I don't think anyone went with Ward. Um, and this is quite a dramatic moment, I must say. But in controversial but lovely circumstances... 
Ben Gladwin gets the podcast man of the match. Lewis Ward gets the fans and the spreadsheet moves on to the next one. <laughs> um, <laughs> let's, let's talk about Lewis Ward versus Jojo Wallacott because there's been a few comments in those contributions and beyond about this notion that Lewis Ward has to start against Rochdale, which I got to be honest, I don't agree with. Um, I'm not a Jojo Wallacott fanboy by any sense of the imagination. I think he's a fantastic um, goalkeeper and I don't think he's put a foot wrong. He is our number one. And I think that, I just think it's so short-termist and it's recency bias that people are calling for Lewis Ward to start. It was a fantastic performance, but I feel like we're now putting pressure on both goalkeepers <laughs> to to sort of not let their guards sit. There are going to be errors this season, but I just don't think Garner can drop Wallacott, can he? No, you can't drop a Garner international. It's insane. Like, And also we've got a game on Tuesday as well where Lewis Ward could make a massive clangor. So... It's the Joe Fryer. It's the Joe Fryer principle, isn't it? Joe Fryer made his debut, was fine last season, and then he played the second game, and he never played again. You know, I think he played three in total, didn't he, um, in a row? And he made that that boo boo, um, and that was that for him. And you're quite right, you know. And Jojo could come back against Rochdale and and you know drop a clanger as well. But one performance versus. 10 performances I think Jojo's still got it hasn't he and yeah it's yeah it's not no it's a non-start for me like he has to he has to play like you know like he was he's been called up for he's not playing in that game on Saturday because he was good enough to play international football not because you know I as much as Lewis had a good game I think yeah yeah you have to give it a shot like it's not even a question in my mind like but it's nice to be having this, like, after, like, last season, it's <laughs> nice to be having this conversation of being like, well, you know, like, it's it's one of those, isn't it, to be honest with you. I, I feel bad because Lewis Ward didn't do much wrong, but I would say, like, giving away that penalty is a red flag. Even if it wasn't a penalty, he opened himself up in a way that allowed him and a couple of those sort of showboaty sort of saves, they can go wrong. I feel really bad here. If Ward plays now for the rest of the season, then so be it, because he's he's earned it. But I can't I can't just dismiss a lot of Swindon fans just feel that they've just gone, sorry, Jojo, no chance. <laughs> it just seems so odd. He's done nothing wrong. Yeah, I think the thing I have with with this, I think Lewis Ward would have known what he was coming into. It's like yeah, if he really wanted it over the summer, it's the nature of there's there can only be one kind of thing. So, you know, yeah, but it's, it is that, isn't it? It's <laughs> if you're a goalkeeper, you know, a lot of your career is probably going to be unless you're you know amazing. Some of your career is going to be on the bench if there's someone better. I do think it's I, I, the situation is bad for him because he had a superb game yesterday. Like you know, on the cameras, man of the match performance against, you know, top of the league, and now he's not going to play next week. It's, it is harsh, I'm not going to deny that, but the reason he was playing yesterday is because his number, the number one was good enough to go and play international football for 
a very good nation as well, not not a kind of bit part nation. So <laughs> I wouldn't ask you who the bit part nations are. Like you ha- have a football pedigree. It's a good headache as far as Ben Garner is concerned, but it's also a dilemma for the goalkeeper himself. You know, Jojo's now got a, you know, if, if, if he doesn't start against Rochdale, which Garner could say, look, he's done a lot of traveling. We're just giving Lewis this one more game before Jojo is a hundred percent. You could, you could bat it away as, as that. And nobody would, no one would argue with that, but Jojo's got to start thinking, you know, he's spent, what, eight years as a pro at Bristol City, not even getting a minute, going around on loan all over the place in local non-league and even abroad. And then there's Forest Green Rovers spell. And he's finally in the EFL as a number one choice. And now he's got to decide whether what's best for his career, playing for Ghana or clocking those minutes playing for Swindon. Because... Those are the those are the performances that are going to get him another club if indeed he is going to rise back up the leagues. So it's, it's an interesting dilemma either way, isn't it? Yeah, it's a very, very, very interesting dilemma in terms of we could go on to other issues with this as well in terms of the transfer embargo and stuff like that, and you'd be able to give one year deals. Okay. You know, <laughs> JoJo's oh, having man. a very, very good season. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I think they have they have to get rid of that embargo before January. To get these players signed up, like I, I, like he is arguably like considering the record we've had with goalkeepers over the last few, pretty much since Vig, Vig's had his moments, but certainly since Fodringham, like he, like I think Wollacott's our best since Fodringham. So yeah, you have to get, you have to give him, you have to give him. We we have to. Take take the hit and give him the the longest deal that we could possibly give him and try and get the if we aren't going to be able to keep him at least get the money for him kind of thing. I must think about the contract situation at Swindon at least once a day at the moment. Oh, it's <laughs> it's like even like McCurdy, he he has a couple of good games. You know, he's he's a player that I think has been maybe put out because of people don't like his. Or whatever, um, but if he comes on, plays well, kind of it clicks for him as, as a professional footballer. Then it's he's going to be another one. And Louis Reed, it's just it's the fact that the whole squad is in the same situation as well. Is there anybody it, contracted beyond this season? Parsons, maybe. So I mean, but that's one. Like I, I think it's just I mean, without knowing. You know who's got triggers. I think it's just Parsons beyond this season. I'm not even one hundred sure about that either because I think he would still be under the same. You would have thought he was. He was given better terms after the contract that was announced um, before it all went crazy. So I think I think at the moment, despite all the good vibes, just one back to back local games, and I'm fretting about the fact that. You know, this success could result in every person going on to other things. But like, <laughs> good news for Harry Parsons, though. It's Swindon Town, though, isn't it? Like, it's it's Swindon Town. But oh, like, dear. whenever anything goes well, a Matt yeah. Ritchie situation happens. Oh god! Do you know what I mean? Like, 
I, it's always there, and I I don't believe Clem Morphoon negates a hundred and how many years of when in town being able to get into ridiculous situations. <laughs> Oh my goodness, I hope that Ben Chorley is on that. Um, We've got a Papa John's Pizza Trophy game this midweek. I think me and Joe are going to cover that on Tuesday evening. Um, Swindon are going down to Plymouth Argyle. A bit of me kind of doesn't mind this fixture coming up. I think it's going to prove useful minutes given that you know, because we've got five players out that can't play it, that means we can probably f- play around with the squad a little bit more. I don't know, but it, who cares about the fixture? But I I kind of see value in this game in terms of development, if only we could play who we wanted to. But yeah, Tuesday night, let's hope nobody gets hurt, right? Yeah, I think it's almost like a, because I mean, we had a truncated pre-season, it feels like kind of almost like a weird mid-season, pre-season game. Kind of like, we can play the likes of Dabre, Aguiar, Ryan East, those kind of players who, you know, it'd be interesting to see what they can do. Obviously, Dabre scored against Arsenal in 21. So, yeah, it'd be interesting to see what happens with that, I think. Um, one thing I thought was interesting yet, uh, yesterday, though, going back onto kind of young players, was we didn't field a keeper on the bench. Yeah. Surely that's yeah. got to be a keeper in the youth squad who could have at least filled a position. I don't get why you wouldn't. Kai Store is the goalkeeper. I mean, they under 18s have their own fixtures on Saturdays. They decided to just roll that dice, which worked on this occasion. Yeah. It, it, it would have been interesting. Um, but yeah, I, I'm with you. I think a seven person bench is um, needs a goalkeeper, but it, we got away with it. So fine. But yeah, Kai Store, that would have been nice, I think, useful. A um, little exercise for him. But if he's needed elsewhere, he's needed elsewhere. Um, but yeah. Okay, well, we'll talk about the Papa John's Trophy game um, in midweek. I think that will do for now. James, it's either Hoover in the background or someone's doing some mad dentistry. Um... (laughs) (laughs) Just open a patress, yeah. (laughs) Oh man, I hope it's the former. James, thank you very much. Cheers, thank you. The Low Strangers is an independent podcast. Views given do not reflect those of Swindon Town Football Club. The music is provided by the great Matthew Kilford and the podcast artwork is by Matt in Singapore. Thanks for listening. Come on, Swindon. Hi, Ellis Pod fans. It's JR here. If Swindon players were McDonald's items, who would they be? We've had lots of Big Macs like the legendary Alan McLaughlin, Harry McCurdy, or even Steve McMahon. Perhaps you'd prefer to channel the power of McPlant like Darren Ward. Or maybe five chicken selects, one to enjoy for each time Ben Gladwin joined. Yep, there's one spare, but there's still time. And you don't need super scouts or data solutions to get your hands on any of these. McDelivery through the McDonald's app brings them all to you. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.